1: Welcome, supernatural point guards, best friends who instigate fathers that you could really relate to. Oh, and an extra special shout out to that bully out there who happens to look just like your 90s sports idol. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And the party's at my place this evening, but first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Hope everyone had a good week. You know, I'm really excited to talk about this episode, but like I said, we've got to check in on your homework for last week. And of course, last week's assignment was to listen to our episode on, yes, New Moon, Part 2. Not that there's a New Moon Part 2, but it's the Twilight New Moon Hour Part 2 because it took us so long to talk about. Always, always a thank you to Kate Hudson for hopping on and talking Twilight. 2020 is the year of Twilight. And remember, guys, you can check us out and do that part of your homework by listening to us wherever you're listening to us now, whether that be Spotify, whether that be... uh, Apple Podcasts, whether that be Stitcher, whether that be on Google Play, Google Podcasts, and I appreciate that so much. I appreciate your listens. And a way that you can, you know, help the show out is by going on that app and by giving us a five star review, giving us a rating if possible. And of course, though, the best way you can help High School Slumber Party out is by telling a friend about all the great things that we do here on High School Slumber Party. Thank you, thank you so much, as always. Of course, you can listen to us on the flagship as well. That's cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, the home of many, many, many other great pop culture-related podcasts, including podcasts that my good friend, the student in the back of the class, The teacher's assistant, Michael Manzi, one of the co-founders of the Kate Club Podcast Network. My guest today for our film, Teen Wolf. No, this is not a werewolf podcast. I know we've been talking werewolf films a lot. It's just coincidence. The reason we're doing this film is not even because it's a werewolf film. It's because it's a basketball film. March Madness, baby! That's what I'm calling it. We're doing a couple basketball films in a row. I mean, I didn't invent the term March Madness, and I know it's more of a college thing. But I digress. I cannot wait for you to listen to our episode on Teen Wolf. And I really hope that you did your homework and watched the movie, because, whew, this is a fun one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sit down. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. We got some more stuff to talk about. So remember guys, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you've been on social media, maybe you heard about a little event we're having. That's right. We are hosting a live podcast brunch. I say we, as in me, of course, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, but also my good friend, my co host on PS I Love Hoffman, But the leader, the captain, the chef de cinema cuisine of his own show, Foodie Films, that's Kyle Reinfried, we are hosting a live podcast brunch this Sunday at Yonkers Brewing Company, 92 Main Street in Yonkers, New York, just outside New York City. It's really low-key, but we're going to be recording some episodes there, so you definitely want to stop by if you're in the area, and if not, just stay tuned for, you know, the episode that we're going to record there, but it's going to be really fun. There's food for purchase. There's drink you could purchase. Of course, it's a brewery. Yeah, I mean, looking forward to maybe seeing you. If you do stop by, say hi. And if not, well, shame on you. That's not doing your homework, but I get it. Not everyone lives in the New York Yonkers area. So just thought I'd mention that. And uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. But you know what I'm also excited about? Today's episode. Oh man, Teen Wolf, this is on the list of like films I had to do. I'm glad I did it. So without further ado, pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping on the Bryans, Because we're about to get our party on. I leave you with the song, it's in this movie, in the dance sequence. Big Bad Wolf by the Wolf Sisters. Class dismissed. Mansy, you're here for, uh, for an interesting movie. I feel like we talk horror a lot, but would you define this as a horror film? I don't know. Maybe.
0: Oh, here I am <laughs> once again. Yeah, I guess this... No, this is not a horror <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. But what is it? Monster <laughs> comedy? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I've been I've been doing a lot of unique films lately. This certainly is one of them, but it is a rather famous one. We're talking 1985's Teen Wolf, but Mike, you know, the drill by now, oh, man. probably my most common guest, uh, I would say. Introduce yourself in the old high school slumber party fashion.
0: Okay, so I'm Mike Manzi, RHS, class of 97, go Maroons. Just gotta get it out of the way real fast nowadays, <laughs> because they have done it so much, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> go Maroons, of course. Go
0: Maroons. Uh, go listen to an earlier episode as we struggle to define a Maroon.
1: <laughs> and... In fact, one of our earlier episodes is the first Michael J. Fox film, I think, to ever exist.
0: Oh, um, what if a dream becomes a nightmare? <laughs> That's right. The class in 1984.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we saw him there, but this is 85 we're talking about. And the reason I'm talking Teen Wolf is March Madness, baby. I wanted to do like a March Madness special. <laughs> Go Beavers. <laughs> Go Beavers. This is a basketball heavy film. Yes. I had forgotten if it was just, like, one scene, but no, like, basketball's a big part of this film, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Quick question, um, I assume you've seen Teen Wolf before?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Grew up with, with the Teen Wolf. Uh, you have this distinct memory of being in, like, first grade, and one of the kids in class came dressed as Teen Wolf. I remember, like, being in the car when my mom dropped my brother off to meet his friends to go see Teen Wolf in theaters, like... Teen Wolf was always there, and Michael J. Fox was huge, you know, he was like a big star and like watched his sitcom, watched all of his movies, so I've 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 always loved this movie. And I, you know, I'm aware of its shortcomings, but I don't care. I love this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a film that I feel like everybody knows, but maybe not everyone knows, if that makes sense. Like everyone is aware of Teen Wolf. And I <laughs> think it was on TV a lot, but this is really like my first like sit down let me pay attention and watch this film front to back
0: yeah you you think in the age of twilight that this would be bigger but they did it did get a second or third life i should say where a couple of years ago it came out uh as a tv series as like a young adult series on like MTV or something like that. It was like, yeah, yeah. I
1: never saw it, but it ran for a couple seasons, and it was critically acclaimed, much more critically acclaimed than this film. Yeah, it was um, more
0: like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was like had a more serious sort of edge to it, while also being like you know kind of fun, I guess.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems like it had a more serious tone than this film, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) This film there's not, believe it or not, for as famous as it is, there's not too much scholarship, all things considered. There is, and there's some good stuff, but nothing, like, crazy.
0: Yeah, there's a sequel, there's a cartoon, which was very common, you know, I think we talked about on Karate Kid, there was a cartoon. Um, I just was talking some Back to the Future on my show recently, and there was a cartoon for that. It seems like the age of of that sort of, you know, I mean, Rambo had a cartoon. So,
1: oh, so Back to the Future is coming out soon on third time. So?
0: Oh, part three, yeah. You know, I'm I'm getting to well, I figured. I'm getting to some of the bigger movies this year over there. So, yeah. Just, I so recently, you're all about the
1: recently. Michael J. Fox. You weren't kidding.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm entrenched in J. Fox here.
1: <laughs> well, you're gonna like this back of VHS.
0: And by the way, I feel like Teen Wolf
1: is a classic VHS. You know, you you saw this. This VHS on a lot of people's homes growing up.
0: And a great, great poster, you know, where he's, like, opening up his jacket to show the the shirt, and he's got, like, all the hair coming out of his chest. It's wild.
1: And just a reminder, every week I'm reading from the back of the VHS or a picture of the VHS. So here goes. Michael J. Fox is red hot. The star of television's Family Ties and Back to the Future scores as Scott Howard, a teenager... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a teenager who yearns to be more than just a nice guy, and he gets his wish. From deep within his personality, the Teen Wolf emerges, hair, eyes that glow in the dark. It's like, doesn't make a lot of English sense, but bear with me. He becomes super popular, the coolest wolf in town. It's a fun-filled comedy that proves when Fox meets Wolf, fur flies. Oh and my god, that's begins. terrific.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Never even occurred to me that, you know, Fox and Wolf because why would it (laughs) it it shouldn't (laughs) i love it i love it that
1: is so like cliche 80s back of vhs cover yeah before they mastered the art if you want to say that they ever mastered the art
0: (laughs) oh of summarizing the movie on the back (laughs) Yeah.
1: any other early memories of this film do you even remember the first time you saw it or it's just Um... like osmosis to you
0: yeah, yeah. I think it was rented. I don't know if it was like HBO one day or something like that, but like I definitely was allowed to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a very young kid. I didn't really have any restrictions on what I could watch and stuff. And it's pretty tame, uh, rewatching it now. I was like, okay, you know, I was I should have been allowed to go see you know, to to have seen this and I don't, I don't know. You know, I just, I remember seeing the sequel in theaters and bumping into some friends from school. (laughs) That sequel is just, oh my gosh. But no, you know, I just, like I said earlier, I just remember it always like sort of being there. And I remember the cartoon when that debuted and sort of being like, what is this? Because, um, <laughs> you know, whenever they adapt, like, the movie to a cartoon, what they did with Teen Wolf was, um, like, his entire extended family moved in with him. So we had his grandparents that were also werewolves, and they talked like, <laughs> like vampire for some reason. And, That's uh, so weird. And, you know, he had Booth and Stiles who knew his secret, but then he had to hide it from everyone else. And there was always a, a reason he needed to wolf out during the cartoon. And, uh, you know, strong memories of Teen Wolf, just not necessarily, like, first viewing.
1: And this movie was made really before the Back to the Future fame. He was doing Family Ties, but it hadn't really hit its stride yet. You know, a little IMDb trivia here. But he was able to do this film because the mom in Family Ties got pregnant. And they had to halt filming of Family Ties. Oh. So they approached him. This film didn't take long to film. And he was like, yeah, why not? And uh, (laughs) a little bit of a synergy here. I mean, Mike, I mentioned, or we mentioned that you've been on this podcast a lot. Of course, you were on my first episode. And very famously, Better Off Dead, the lead in that, Mr. John Cusack, who blocked us, as we all know. Still blocked? Still blocked. Still blocked from John Cusack. But he was blocked for this very reason. I tweeted at him and I asked him, because it was true, at least at the time, why did you hate Better Off Dead so much? It was a good movie and he just blocked me. So did you know the same thing is true of Michael J. Fox for Teen Wolf?
0: Oh, he's not a fan?
1: At least, maybe now, who knows? At least at the time and like when he started getting big, hated it.
0: Really? Because... I feel like there's so many good lessons in he, I mean, his dad literally says out loud to his face with great power comes great responsibility. This movie still speaks I feel, you know? That's weird. I mean, I don't want to get into it too soon or anything but there's a lot of themes like, that could you know, at the time it's like mostly puberty is what I saw in this movie, right? You're going through changes, puberty, but now it can be for a myriad of other reasons, you know? Coming out coming out of the closet or or what have you, you know? Like It almost feels more prescient today, as funny as it sounds, that the story of a teenage werewolf. Yeah, or just, like, being
1: weird or or something in the family.
0: Right, yeah, being ashamed of something that you necessarily shouldn't, and then once you sort of start to own it and gain control of it, then, you know what I'm saying, like, it's yours then. Yeah, that's weird. I never heard that. So I wonder if he's still of that mind.
1: I doubt it, because... You know, such a nostalgia classic, but maybe he is. I don't know. But when I read that, I was like, oh, man. He was, like, upset that other people were doing such great projects. But I believe this was filmed before Back to the Future. So he got to do Back to the Future. So that's great. Um, <laughs> but actually, this movie was a huge success. It had a $1.2 million budget, and it made $80 million at the box office. Whoa,
0: and that's, like, 1984 or $80 million. Wow
1: think about this, right? Their strategy was so smart. What they did was, they saw Back to the Future was coming out, and they realized that it was probably going to be a hit. So they held the film back, because I think it was supposed to come out before Back to the Future. smart. Waited till that blew up. It did. And then people just wanted to see Michael J. Fox. You even mentioned it in the opening. Like, 1985, he was such a big star that you know, like, it, it was it was inevitable, almost, like, that this was going to do money. I didn't think they mm-hmm. would think it would do $80 million. No,
0: but, but... You, you know what's interesting about this time, too, is, like, this is around the era of Ghostbusters. And so, like, supernatural comedy, right, instead of, like, scary supernatural stuff. Like, there was still Poltergeist, but there's Teen Wolf and Ghostbusters and Lighthearted stuff, too. So, like, you know, it just hit at the right time as well, but that is very smart. And I also noticed quite like Ghostbusters, like it has built in marketing of its own franchise, you know, like they're selling Teen Wolf merchandise yeah, in yeah. the hallways at school. <laughs> and, you it's know, like a like, meta
1: realization of yes, what it is.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that was pretty rare, I think. And, you know, it wasn't until like Spaceballs where you're in an actual parody film that it's like, we put the picture's name on flamethrowers and everything, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) And also,
1: you you know, not just like, funny supernatural movies but like werewolf movies apparently
0: were very big in the 80s oh yeah
1: i was reading a list before like obviously american werewolf in london so but good the howling that whole the howling, howling series
0: is just demented it's amazing there's a
1: movie called silver bullet
0: oh yeah the stephen king adaptation with Corey haim yes, yeah yes yeah, yeah. and Gary Busey, to- the hider in the house himself <laughs>
1: I didn't realize he was in that. Yeah, I think I'm pretty Uh, sure. You know, Monster Squad comes out later in the decade. Yeah. There was another one, too, that I saw that I was like, what? And it was almost a direct copy of this. And no, I'm not talking about Teen Wolf 2. Okay, so it wasn't a copy. It was before this, but it was called Full Moon High. Okay. And you could pretty much guess the plot. Right. It's
0: (laughs) Werewolf (laughs) High School. Uh, pretty much, right? <laughs> but there's also stuff like, they didn't you guys cover on Hoffman over there, My Boyfriend's Back? That's kind of another yeah. one, right, where it's like a zombie goes to high school. There was ones where it was like my boyfriends of vampires things like you know there's like weird i think jim carrey was in like once bitten which was a vampire teen high school comedy you should check that out that's a good one a lot of high school to the list it's about losing your virginity which is as we all know (laughs) paramount to going to high school
1: (laughs) once bitten yeah so this is a genre but i feel like this film transcends the genre at least in pop culture like okay when they were making it and they were when they were writing the script i'm sure they thought that that was all it was going to be right But Michael J. Fox, they rode that train, baby. And now, like I said, everyone knows of Teen Wolf. They might not have, like, know every, like, character's name or scene, but of a certain generation. Teen Wolf, big film. I mean, you don't do $80 million (laughs) without getting some kind of footprint on society. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, it's like those two words go together so well. They sound so good. Teen Wolf, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it says it all. But also, I was thinking, like, you know, the other characters in the movie all go by nicknames, too. There's Chubbs and Boof and Styles and, you know, Nick. Like, there's nothing, they don't go beyond, like, a first name or anything. Like, there's just something so, I don't want, I don't mean this in a bad way, either. I mean this in, like, the best way. I think Bill and Ted is like this, too, where there's something so basic about the premise here they can sort of indulge in the high school stuff, you know? And, like, I think that's what they do so well. This is primarily just a high school movie, and it's like, oh, by the way, he's a werewolf, you know? It could have just been, like, he got popular some other way, you know, or or, or whatever, you know? Like, I'm not saying overnight he could get great at basketball without wolfing out or anything, but things happen in high school overnight, and you're imaged. I think of, like, Can't Buy Me Love, right? This is kind Mm -hmm. of a version of that
1: oh absolutely absolutely yeah
0: Yeah. so I think that's why Teen Wolf in general it's it's of like a higher quality you know like I don't feel like they they're not just running the premise like he's not really the wolf all that much
1: I mean it's kind of similar not I mean this movie totally rips off Teen Wolf but it's kind of similar to a movie we covered on this podcast Teen Witch (laughs) which again (laughs) even ripped off in the title but yeah I mean I, I love movies like this but you and I are people who often ask that we want to see more of the lore. Like, how did things come to be? Mm-hmm. I don't want it here. I don't need it here, you know? You hit the nail on the head. I love how this is about high school, and I love how simple it is. It's so harmless.
0: We get all we really need to know. You know, the dad explains, like, it's, it's genetics. It runs in the family. Like, I thought it would skip you. Like, and that's all I need to know. You know, it's a curse. The curse or whatever is just, yeah, it's a hand, something that's handed down. Uh, and I would assume like the mom, the mom wasn't a werewolf. She, I don't, we don't know what happens to the mom or anything like that. But uh, she's not in the picture. But yeah, I, you know, that's what I think. Like, sort of threw me about the cartoon and what they try and do when they sort of they do it a little bit more. I think in the second movie also, as they try and explain all that a little bit more and,
1: and yeah, and you know, make again, it more we don't need it
0: Yeah, it's not necessary. Yeah, like the second Teen Wolf isn't necessarily about just going to college. It's it's about, like, a wolf running around campus going wild. <laughs>
1: and, you know, we Big might as well address it here. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, obviously the lead of this film, but the reason he didn't sign on for Teen Wolf 2 was because he just was so done with Teen Wolf. But oh, And they replaced yeah. him with Jason Bateman, who
0: is the brother
1: of Justine Bateman, his co-star in Family Ties.
0: Yeah, and he was almost seen as sort of the alternate Michael J. Fox at the time, because he was on Valerie's Family, which I think originally it was called Valerie, then became Valerie's Family, then the Hogan's. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he was also, you know, a big sitcom star, and they probably were trying to replicate that formula where it's like, let's find this kid on a popular sitcom and throw him into this Teen Wolf sequel. And it's literally the same, like, it's a different sport. The sport is boxing. What? Yeah. (laughs) Because we all know how popular boxing is when we went to college. Um, (laughs) And uh, other than that, like, it runs through almost the exact same beats. I think what happened is, like, the coach at the college is like brothers of the coach in this movie and heard that scott had a cousin so they just like gave him a full ride expecting him to like be great this is not a team of two podcasts but like <laughs> the sort of too long didn't read is um stay away i guess from that one stop at one i know why they didn't make a third just say that. Although oh, like, she wolf I mean, would have been good, you know. Yeah,
1: no, I would I would have liked to see that. Not really any other big names in this film. You mentioned the character names. Um, was there anyone else you recognized?
0: Um, no. <laughs> um, I think I remember seeing the dad in a couple things as a character actor. They actually change the guy who plays Styles in the next movie. Styles ends up at the same school as scott's cousin, oh really but they, god they changed the actor and uh, the guy who plays chubbs like that guy's everywhere i mean that's the guy who jumps up in naked gun and yells hey it's Enrico palazzo like i recognize oh, him in tons of stuff oh yeah <laughs> i didn't catch that you're so right
1: yeah and what uh, what else is he from that i'm really thinking of
0: oh leprechaun one bam okay yeah he's in <laughs> oh
1: you know what i was thinking of though He's in Pee Wee's adventure. Oh, that's right. He's Francis. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> awesome. What a weird like character actor, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Just sort of like the big baby man kind of thing. Like a big baby <laughs> Huey almost looking thing.
1: There was a rumor about someone in this film, but it turned out not to be true. Before the days of IMDB, uh huh. You know Mick McAllister, he's like the the big bully. And okay. Yeah. There was a, there was like I don't want to call it what do you call it? Like an urban legend. Okay. That's the word for it. There was an urban legend that uh, former Met Hall of Fame baseball player Mike Piazza had played had played him as a child, and this is something like a segment of the population actually believed. That's
0: <laughs> Does Mike Piazza have a tattoo like on his chest? Because when this guy gets his shirt ripped open and is like, "Hey, he's got ink on him," like he's just. supposed to be a teenager. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh,
1: we're going to talk about some of that. Um, You know, there's
0: there's another urban legend attached to this film that happens to be true. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into it now or at the very end when it occurs in the film, but have you heard about this in the final shot? No, no, tell me. I can't wait. I can't wait. So might as well get it out of the way since we're bringing it up, but in the final shot of the movie, when Scott goes to hug his dad in the stands, the guy behind his father is an extra has his pants unzipped and he whips out his wang and real quick and puts it back in and zips up his pants. What? I swear to God. And you can see it. It happens like you really. You can see that? Yeah. And it happens like really quick. I even noticed it this time watching it. I was like, you know, they, there's no way they oh caught my God. it. And, and like, as soon as he like zips his pants up, the the shot turns into a freeze frame and the credits start rolling across the screen. It's in, like, the upper left-hand corner. Just, it's madness. And, like, you know, this is in the days... Yeah, I'm looking at a screen cap now. Yeah, and this is, like, in the days... I heard about this, you know, on the playground, like, in, in, like, junior high, you know, and none of us could ever confirm it because, like, we didn't own a copy or, you know, by the time you get to the store, you forget it, whatever. Uh, It was before the internet, before DVDs and all that kind of thing, so... Yeah. I don't know if you came across that tidbit in your research, but that's my Teen Wolf. I did not. Trivia. I did not.
1: You're so right. Oh my goodness, what a what a monster. <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> the true villain of the Teen Wolf movies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, okay. You mean good to know. That's That's interesting.
0: Yeah, so I mean, just a little fair warning out there. You know, if you want to just end the movie a shot early, like, you're really not going to miss anything.
1: (laughs) So, Mike, when you were saying earlier that this movie is totally okay to show to children... Changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot
0: forgot about that little bit (laughs) until now. (laughs) But again, like, it's not like... You really can't. Everyone forgot about that little bit. I didn't <laughs> and, notice it. And it really is a little bit. Unless you knew what was going on, you couldn't tell what was happening, <laughs> right? But like now that everybody knows and you see it, you can't like not see that. But it's a lot like, you know, in Back to the Future 3, the same kind of thing happens where not exactly, but one of Doc Brown's two little boys when Doc is talking to Jennifer and telling her why the note from the future was erased, the camera pushes in and the little boy points to his crotch like just like smiles and like points to his crotch and like nods as if to go like yeah and you can look that up on youtube or whatever also like i don't know what is happening
1: (laughs) This, this craziness you and i obviously don't edit film but we do edit these podcasts and i'm sure there have been moments i know there have been for me where you're just really tired and you're editing. Something could easily skip you. Now, no one is doing, hopefully, stuff like that in our podcast. Also, it's an audio form. But I always imagine it's just like a really long night from the editor. They're trying to get the scene in, you know. And it's just so fast that these things happen that they don't even realize it. And it just makes it through every process.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not the focus of the shot or the scene. It's not the main performance, right? So I could understand it not... Yeah, I could see it slipping through. And also, you know, if it's... It's too late. You can't go back and reshoot that either, right? Like especially back then. I mean, nowadays you could do all kinds of digital stuff. Probably, yeah. But the
1: the digital things you could do probably be double the budget, so it wouldn't even be worth it. Exactly. (laughs) True. Yeah. Like theoretically, even today. So yeah, I mean. Let's get into it. Let's talk about this film, some of your favorite moments and stuff. And again, for March Madness, we're talking basketball. And we open up on a basketball court.
0: Yeah, they're getting creamed. It's like, (laughs) what is it, like 70 to 12 or something, the final score? It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's really bad, but it's humorous they don't look like a basketball team and that's obviously done on purpose michael j fox is pretty short um the one guy we mentioned is looks pretty out of shape for a basketball team yeah Th- they don't there's not a lot of height on their team you
0: know they're <laughs> not very fast
1: the coach is so i love this coach he's so yeah. like apathetic it's like
0: <laughs> he wants to forfeit you know, <laughs> the other coach is like, what kind of example are you setting? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. We want to go home early <laughs> or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, it's a great little like way to set the tone. Anything in the beginning that you want to talk about or scenes you liked or moments?
0: Um, well, I never played high school basketball. That That was always like too high a level. But, I mean, I remember going to a lot of high school basketball games and like go
1: maroons
0: yeah like the the basketball team at my high school is actually pretty good so it was like fun to go watch them play and stuff and and i'm just amazed at just how much in general this high school looked and felt like my high school sometimes like like for instance when we did gleaming the cube right like that high school looked like a museum or something or like an office complex like some high schools just don't I don't know some kind some do and some just don't do it for me and this I was just like holy shit it's like they shot it like at my high school (laughs) it was like with with the huge cathedral like ceilings and the big long stairwells and like there's one part where he's like running around and it's like he's lost and I'm like, yeah, I remember getting lost in my high school once or twice when I like was a freshman. And just yeah, that, that whole has... vibe like really hit me hard. Like this this really feels like a solid high school movie.
1: They don't try to like glamorize high school either. Obviously it's a fantasy film, but you're right. It's a very maybe it's because of budgetary concerns, but it's a very realistic high school.
0: I like his friends, you know, and like I don't know. I just like the whole sp- of the opening of this movie where, yeah, they're a loser basketball team and they're, like, kind of a loser school, but, like, they're lovable losers, right? Like, you get into the locker room and there seems to be, like, camaraderie. It's not like they're not friends, you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. And then you got, like, Styles showing up and this guy is great, like, just as a character. He's so colorful and just, like, all the stuff he, he's he going to try high.
1: And, What's that? He ranks high in uh, 80s Buddies, right? Like, there's oh, like yeah. a lot of these eighties buddies of like the main character. And I loved him.
0: He's like, as if Ducky got laid is like the way I looked at him <laughs> <laughs> and Boof is great. Like, I love her as a character. I love that Scott just has like this platonic girlfriend, even though like she knows it. And even, even his dad knows it that like, he totally like, you know, they should be together. And like, that's great conf kind of a uh, story thread going on. And, uh, I thought
1: she was going to be the she-wolf, because they kept alluding to, like, oh, oh, maybe the dad knows something.
0: Oh. It's funny, like, uh, when, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but when he first wolfs out and someone's like, hey, boof, did you know? And she's like, are you kidding? It's like, it's not that I didn't think she knew, but I totally feel like she knew something was up. And, like, later on, I feel like the dad definitely clues her in on, like, everything kind of going on with Scott.
1: (laughs) And and this movie, um, it really does a good job. Of setting the high school scene before we even get any real true wolfing out action, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we have like the whole van surfing thing that we'll revisit later. (laughs) Yeah, urban surfing. (laughs) Urban surfing, yeah. I think one of the first big moments is the, and again, very high school or Mm -hmm. like at least very Mm underage, but trying to get alcohol for a party.
0: The liquor store.
1: The shoulder tap.
0: Hi. All right. Uh, I'd like a keg of beer, please.
1: You don't say.
2: Yeah, uh, how much is that?
0: Your ID, Sonny. You little bastard just won't give up, will you? Listen, no ID, no goddamn beer. Can't you get that through your thick skull?
2: Give me a keg. Of
0: beer. And these. Like, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Like, I love the balls on styles just going in there being like, yeah, the boss called and like tried to. St- bribe him and, you know, and all that stuff and <laughs> just waiting out in the car and he's like i don't even like beer will <laughs> never say die mentality yeah i mean you know i'm not gonna you know say i never drank in high school or anything in fact i remember saying like as soon as i turned 21 i kind of like stopped drinking <laughs> it's like i feel like there were a lot of nights in high school like that just kind of you know Even, like, getting served and, you know, just trying once in a while and actually getting served was, like, incredible.
1: (laughs) And I I love the uh, whole, like, the crux of the scene ends up being, like, when they actually go to this party. He's like, oh, you could put it with the other kegs over there or something like that. And there's like so many kegs.
0: Oh yeah, that party's amazing. Like, oh, I, I you don't get a think, couple good parties here. I don't think I've ever been to a, a high school party quite like that, where they're playing like all those sex games and stuff, and like they're hosting like a like a dirty version of like Let's Make a Deal or something.
1: <laughs> oh my god! And everyone is different. That's there's like the two the couple on the ground.
0: Yeah, like, in their underwear covered in shaving cream. Like, these high schoolers are down. Like, they are all, like, horny as yeah, I don't know, hell. like, why like... everyone...
1: <laughs> (laughs) I see myself as as a Styles in a sense where he's kind of like the dungeon master here, Mm -hmm. and he's just like handing out all these like he's not participating, but everyone's like willingly just doing whatever he says. Like, oh,
0: get in the closet, because they're all stupid high school kids that are drunk. You know, I love it. (laughs) Like that part of it feels real. You know, okay,
1: rules are rules. You know know who he feels
0: like he reminds me of. I wonder if Larson was like that in high school, right? Like, he kind of oh, has that God. vibe. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> or he's just been a guest like, on both your shows and our shows. He just like, Christian we'll go Larson. to a party and become like the game show host and like, okay, here's what we're doing. We're playing charades with shots or whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. We have to ask him next time you and I both <laughs> independently talk to him if. Uh, if this was his, uh, maybe a little inspiration when he he was ah, younger, you know, perhaps. <laughs> and again, just we're talking about Christian Larson, of course, who's been a guest on both your show and my show. Host, of, wonderful uh, man, host of Monkey,
0: yes. of Monkey Club, co-host of Monkey Club, co-host of Monkey
1: Club, and the true inspiration for style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then you know, of course, Boof and um, Mr. Wolfman have a a little moment, but. I love it, but she's she's such that stereotype of, like, you know, the girl of your dreams is right under your nose.
0: It's almost like uh, she's all that, but she doesn't need any sort of, like, revising. It just, it's almost like Scott needs his vision cleared. Like, I didn't pick up on this. It took me a couple of viewings, but, like, she didn't get Scott. She got Malcolm's name, and she made up Scott. So, like, she's definitely got the hots for him, and... Uh, I don't know. Like Pamela is totally out of Scott's league. Like she's already got a boyfriend, like
1: She she's... might be thirty. Yeah, like
0: Scott's dreaming. I mean, <laughs> the wolf will eventually get laid, but like Scott, like no way. Like I always felt like like Watching it this time, I mean, even watching it originally, I was like, how were they trying to portray Boof as, like, a homebody or, like, a homely type of friend? You know what I'm saying? Like, this very big in the 80s movies where, like, there was the Plutonic girlfriend uh, who, like, secretly had the crush on her boyfriend.
1: Yeah, it's huge.
0: Yeah, I like her more than Pamela to begin with. Like, I don't see what is Scott's problem. Like, does he just want, I mean, maybe he just does want to be popular. Maybe it is, he's just attracted to blondes more. Pamela is like seven feet tall. Uh, Maybe that's his thing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you. So, like, I, I like what they're trying to do with all that, but I wish they sort I mean, of made her, I don't want to say I wish they made her less attractive. I just wish there was something else about her that, like, was legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Was legitimately like, oh, okay, now I understand why Scott sort of, like, isn't into her. Well, that's the
1: whole thing of the 80s, right? Like, I mean, 90s, too, I would say. It's like, oh, woe is me, two hot girls like you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Because they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't have, like, oh... I, again, I'm using air quotes here. I'm not saying I feel this way. But certainly, I think people were supposed to think... And I'll just say boys were supposed to think at the time, like, oh, she's blonde. She's hotter, you know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Which is silly, but that's just how things were at least depicted in the movies.
0: But th- and this movie also is sort of big on that, like on stereotypes in general, right? Pamela is supposed to be like this unattainable girl of his dreams. And, you know, Scott is a loser, right? Like, they're all very sort of plain until he wolfs out. Then when the fantasy kicks in and he suddenly, it's like he rubbed the magic lamp and he gets everything he wants. For a while, it's great. And then everything sort of starts to turn again. And it's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe this is more of a monkey's paw than a genie's lamp kind of situation. You know, this is like Karate Kid too, right? Like, visually and stuff like that. Like, in Karate Kid, Daniel dated, like, the hot blonde, you know? And and in this one, the blonde is, like, villainous almost. She's, like, she's mean. She she only likes Scott for the wolf. She's very shallow in that way. And and that's how they have to portray it, I guess. But, yeah, I hear you. You know, times and tastes have changed dramatically since Teen Wolf 1.
1: (laughs) From watching it, too, another thing I thought of was, like, his wolf powers are, yeah... I think the easy thing for us to say is that, like, oh, it's puberty or it's something weird or something strange, but they're so accepted by the school and thought of as cool that it it reminds me more of someone like maybe winning the lottery or something.
0: Here's the thing like, when we got to talk about like him wolfing out soon, but like, it's almost as if like werewolves are common. Like, oh, there's, you know, like a third of the population's werewolves and everybody knows it. And hey, imagine if one popped up in our town one day. And like, how cool would that be? And look, hey, we got our own werewolf. Like, nobody thinks any of this is weird or strange or anything. They just accept it completely blind and just run right off that cliff. And I love it. That's part of why I love this movie. It doesn't take any (laughs) time to reason with you at all.
1: And and wolfing out is also I was thinking, you no, know, it's almost like you're the nerdy kid in school but you got this cool car and now suddenly people are giving you the time of day.
0: Oh yeah, well it's there's a very sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing to being a werewolf. Like he's more of a Jekyll and Hyde I'd say than a werewolf because like wolfmen and werewolves usually like they go insane when they change, you know, that's all part of it. Like the lunacy of the moon and everything like that, changing you. Uh, And so, you know, like in Harry Potter 3, Dr. Lupin or Professor Lupin, right? Like, you couldn't talk to him when he wolfed out and stuff like that. But when Dr. Jekyll turned into Mr. Hyde, he became, like, more of, like, this id, like this super-powered version of himself that was, like, hyper-sexualized and, like, really strong and super attractive or what? you know what I mean? Like, it feels more like that kind of thing.
1: But do you think it was because, like, it was manipulating his brain? Or was it just because, like, I don't know, he felt the confidence because people saw it in him, you know? I don't know the answer. Like, I I don't know if he was just, like, it was a trick. Because it didn't seem like he was struggling with that, in a sense. Because he was having sincere moments as the wolf as well. He just kind of was a dick, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, when he first learned... How to do it? Like, yeah, it kind of. You're right. Like, he gets too arrogant instead of he gets confident then he gets arrogant with it. And yeah,
1: all. and he's not like when he switches back. He's like, oh my god, what happened? You know, you see that in
0: a lot of like. No, or like, it's more like a superpower. You know, he's not like the Hulk. He's more like it's more like Iron Man. It's more like putting on the suit, right? And that's yeah, what like gives yeah. him the confidence and the strength and everything. And
1: that's the like a good example. Yeah, it's not like the Hulk.
0: No, whereas like American Werewolf in London, that's you know straight up. What happened? I woke up in a zoo, and, like, there's blood all over me. (laughs) Like, how?
1: That's one of the few horror movies, like, I saw before podcasting, and I really like that movie. Ooh, nice. I wonder if if it holds up. Back to our little werewolf here, Michael J. Fox. Hmm. Um, (laughs) let's talk about the wolfing out Um, iconic makeup I don't know if it's good or bad but just iconic Um, what do you think of this whole wolfing out
0: so like the transformation scene now I mean it echoes a lot of like the Michael Jackson thriller for me have you seen that recently like that's great Yeah. yeah so this feels a lot like that where like his skin starts bubbling there's like five or six takes of different levels of application and I think it, it's pretty good. Like, here's the thing about the the look of the wolf. Like, it's it's kind of goofy, but it's not supposed to scare you. So it can only go in the other direction of, like, oh, he looks sillyish. Like, he almost looks like the guy on the cover of National Enquirer who is just, like, the fur-faced man. <laughs> you know, which, yeah. like, happens naturally to some people. Because, he, like, he, we don't really – I mean, he gets the ears. We don't really see the eyes so much. They do turn red from time to time. But this is where I'm getting at. Like, I really feel like it grows on you. Like, at first I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I like it. But by the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, I I like this. Like, this is cool. Like, he fits. I like how he's like wolfing out and he's just wearing human clothes. I think that's really fun. Yeah, it grows on me. And I
1: got to say, I agree with you, too, in terms of just like the pacing of this film. Like, watching it, just sitting down and being like, you know, I don't want to say scientifically, but watching it for this podcast. I wasn't really buying in as much at the beginning, but by the end, this had me in, like, you know, no pun intended, like, my teeth were sunk into this, you know? <laughs> I was just so, like, rooting for him and excited. Um, it's an hour and 30 minutes. I think that... The building to this wolfing out might take a little too long yeah but once we're there it's all it's all fun because just that basketball scene we'll talk about that when he's like a wolf in basketball quickly and we'll go to the dad in a second but that basketball scene is so cool because he has all these moves suddenly oh um, yeah yeah and he's not quite being the dick teammate yet that's when like when they go on the run but oh man i mean
0: well, well just briefly to sort of summarize what happens before he wolfs out. And I agree. I think maybe we could take out the confrontation with the vice principal throughout this entire movie to be quite honest with you because Oh like, yeah. He even like, runs, runs, runs into deal? him. He even runs into him at one time and he's like don't forget who's the vice principal around here and he's like I know buddy I love you I love you. So like the whole deal was they he, that guy went to high school with Scott's dad and had a crush on who would become Scott's mom, and he wouldn't leave him alone. And then one day, Scott's dad sort of wolfed out and made that dude like scared him so bad he like pissed himself, which he does again at the end of this movie. So like, I
1: didn't like that for a lot of reasons. Just take one, that
0: what? whole thing out, you know, of him like leering at Scott throughout the first half hour of this movie and bumping into because him. It doesn't in the hallways. seem
1: that motivated, you know. Like, there's plenty of other people doing worse things. You got a guy who it turns out doesn't even go to your school, hanging out around your school. There's a lot <laughs> worse things happening, and I get why he's picking on him because of the dad, but it also made the dad come off a little bit like a bully.
0: Yeah, not even that, but like, yeah, he just made him feel harsh, right? Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, because he says, like, the whole Spider-Man line, like, with great power comes great responsibility, and it's like, oh, when you were being bullied instead of... Or, or, yeah, I guess bullied instead of like standing up to them as a human, you used like the one advantage you have against them and scared them and then continue to do it to this day. Because when he talks <laughs> to him at the end, yeah, he's so condescending to him, like you know, he's yeah. not like, hey, good to see you. I know, you know, maybe my boy's causing some trouble, but I think we could sort this out. The way he says it, it's like, I'm gonna fucking
0: kill you. Yeah, he threatens, you. he threatens him. He threatens <laughs> him. You're so right, because you're right. Earlier, he's like, Scott with great power, this and that, and then later, he's like, I turned into the wolf out of anger. I wanted to, like, scare the dude, and then he do, and he's like, and I've always regretted it, and then later, he does the same thing. It's like, Dad, what's... So, like, yeah, I think they need to sort of just erase that whole thread, and we'd get through the first, like, part of this faster, but I do love the dog whistle at the hardware store. Yeah. Like yes. that sets up so much so well, right? We meet his dad, we see his job, we get like the sense of, you know, he's gotta work, the home life, they're not they're probably like lower middle class kind of people and everything, working class. And then the kid's blowing on the dog whistle and Scott hears it. I think that's great. I love when he threatens the well not threat, but like he goes wolf eyed on the dude at the liquor store to get the keg of beer. I like that. I like when he's like they're doing the surfing and like his ears are growing in and he sees and that's when style sort of wipes out on the uh, on the truck. So like they they do pepper in like he's starting to change a little bit and that's the cool stuff to keep early on but you can, yeah, I got to get rid of that vice principal. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree with you 100%. Oh, okay, so these big moments when he first wolfs out, right? We talked about <sighs> We talked about the basketball game a little. I mean, there's not much to it except for the fact that he's, you know, this is just the start of his ascent. But we kind of alluded to the dad and makeup. But I, I've seen this movie, but I always forget about the dad. Like, how uh, jarring it is when you first see the dad. Because, <laughs> like, you don't expect that. Like, oh, son, we need to talk, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even, even on this watch, I didn't even remember that that was the case so much. And then you just, boom. You see it, and it's like something out of cats, you know? Oh my god, yes, yes, he looks like (laughs) such a
0: Jellicoe cat. Oh, (laughs) that's hilarious i think you're supposed to laugh right like they're right like i mean it's not that it's necessarily a straight-up comedy but there's a lot of like tension that needs to be alleviated in this type of movie you know scott is a nervous wreck for most of it and it's getting to me you know so like i need styles i need him to tell like hey you hear about that guy who got his dick caught in a vacuum cleaner like I need those bits and pieces <laughs> throughout this movie so right after Scott changes it's really well done and that's what you're talking about the transformation and then he opens the door to see his dad and it's like oh wait what a fam-? like the whole family you know and I think it's supposed to like make your brain kind of like jump for a minute or two
1: cheese Louise Scott Huh. <sighs> <sighs> Can I come in? Ah, uh, no, Dad. Ah, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm doing
2: something in here.
1: I'll say. You may be surprised. Whatever it is, son, you can tell me. I'll understand. Oh, 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 oh no, Dad.
2: Ah, oh, no, not this time.
1: John Howard, this is your father speaking. Now, open this door right this minute. Okay, Dad. You asked for it.
0: An explanation is probably long overdue.
2: An explanation?
0: Jesus Christ, Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. It's not as bad as it looks. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Dad. I mean, you knew about this? You knew about this and you didn't tell me? I was hoping I wouldn't have to. Sometimes it skips a generation. Plus he just looks hilarious in that, like, in those clothes.
1: <laughs> but as you said, that's all we need to, like, really propel us on this and... Be like, okay, well, it runs in the family. That's it. We know he didn't get bit at some point. He didn't like drink some serum, you know? This is yeah. what it is, and this is what we're gonna be.
0: And I yeah. also, I also like the idea that you know he's not alone. Like he can talk to his father about this, but he just won't because he's a teenager. You know exactly. <laughs> but like he's the
1: ultimate teenager. You know, going through this insecurity. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one person who can help him, are his parents, or his dad. In this case, he doesn't want that help. I, I love it. It's just such a teen movie
0: yeah and then um i do love the moment where he wolfs out for the first time i love how everybody's just like right like all right let's do this like play some ball here okay (laughs) and then there's a great uh there's a great montage is that right right like don't they kick off like the whole basketball montage at that point yeah or am i getting a little (laughs) ahead yeah no 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 it's yeah awesome and and what's really weird, too is like there's not a ton of score to this movie until he turns into the wolf. There's a little bit here and there, and there's some music at the party and stuff, but then it really like the music really kicks in, and we're gonna get like you know it's gonna be sort of less empty. You know, musically, I feel like, for the rest of the movie, almost. Yeah,
1: there's even more, like, just regular, you know, rock songs in yeah. to, uh, towards the end. The beginning, you're right, was empty, and then suddenly we're getting this. There's even one that, like, talks about the werewolf. I think that's the one at the party, right?
0: Oh, yeah, um, and I love the one at the dance, um... That's the one, right? Or no, there's one at the party. The one at
1: the dance mention? I forgot which one. (laughs) There's the one at the the dance. They're they're
0: literally doing like a wolf dance at the end of the movie and singing like the Big Bad Wolf and all this stuff. (laughs) It's terrific.
1: Another favorite scene around then, too, is when he first tells Styles. Oh, yes. Yes. In that like garage and, you know... Uh, Styles is looking for his stash. And it took me forever
0: <laughs> to understand, you know, even I remember as a little kid not knowing what they were looking for, I mean, like, what the hell are they looking for? Like, what is a stash? Like, what are they doing in the garage? And then, like, he's like, I could, you know, he wolves out and he says, I can, like, smell what you're looking for. I was like, what are they looking for? <laughs> I, it took me forever. It took me, like, a rewatch in high school to get that sequence.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, when he just finds the stash, and, oh. Style, you know, the more we talk about it, the more I realize how... When I say great, no. Style's not, like, a great person. But just how interesting of a character he is when he he's just like, we're going to make money off of this.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Like, at first I thought he was just a very accepting friend, where he's just like, hey, buddy, like, whatever you are, I accept you. But he's like, nope. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. <laughs> he, like, looks at <laughs> Scott, and it's like you could almost see the cartoon dollar signs in his eyes. He's like, You're beautiful, baby. I'm gonna make a million.
1: <laughs> You're so money and you don't even know it.
0: <laughs> and he doesn't, you know, and it's almost I almost feel like it's a bit of Styles like pushes Scott, you know, to go too far, maybe. He he's certainly an enabler. Yeah. And because like Scott'll start doing the um the surfing on the van like Styles did and all this stuff. But the one of the lessons is uh, you can't be like Styles. Like, that's Styles. Like, you gotta be Scott, you know? Like, Scott doesn't do that kind of stuff, right? And, like, Scott shouldn't feel like he needs to do that kind of thing to be accepted. Like, that's what it, that's a Styles kind of thing, you know? Wearing obnoxious clothes and crazy sunglasses. <laughs> and so when Scott starts just like going to class as the werewolf. I'm like, all right, he's like an addict. He's like addicted to this now. You know, it's almost like alcohol right? or teen teen addiction at that point because he, the more he's the wolf, the bigger jerk he becomes and the more he changes from, from who he is.
1: He's talking about throughout the film, even before the wolf thing, quitting the basketball team and joining the play. And it's just to impress Pamela. Yeah. Eventually, because he's so cool and everyone likes him in school, he gets offered a part in the play, but it's literally, he has to be the wolf to be this part, because it's just supposed to be, essentially, it's like a celebrity cameo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this gone with the wind uh, interpretation, I suppose, and he's like a Union soldier. He's terrible. You know, he's a terrible actor.
0: Such a great line read. I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's great. And... Obviously, you have Booth feeling jealous. You have finally Pamela starting to, I mean, I guess become attracted to him. She's more attracted Mm -hmm. to, somehow, again, the wolf. She's not like, oh, my God, I'm going to have sex with a half animal, you know? No, it's it's more like
0: I'm going to jump that wolf. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We don't really see all of it, but this is a sex scene here.
0: That's true. There's no nudity, but she takes off her top and gets on top of him and then they cut away and you hear him howl like a like a real wolf howling. So, I mean, that that to me indicates only one thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think of this whole aspect the Pamela Arc plus um the Mike Piazza guy. What's his name? Mick McAllister.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's it's crazy when like that whole it all comes to a head at that bowling scene. Well, because like Mick and and Scott are kind of like they're rivals on the court, right? They're from like the military academy, I guess. What what the hell? What state are we in? Did you ever pick up on where the hell this takes place by the way? Feels I very did. midwest, but I I don't know.
1: Nebraska. How weird. Wow, is
0: that? Nebraska. That's so bizarre to be alright. Anyway, they did a good job of setting him up as sort of if not rivals, being like, all right, like that guy's clearly the elite pinnacle and Scott is not, right? He's the op. they're opposites. Uh, so that when he wolfs out, he's like finally on that level. And then I think that's what Pamela is sort of like attracted to. It's like, oh, it's like another version of my boyfriend but this one is like people actually like this one where everyone thinks my real boyfriend's a douche because he's like all grumpy all the time and real mean and everything so like they should think that but there's that scene at the bowling alley where he approaches them and is like yeah i remember your mom like i blew her head off like trying to steal a chicken so i was like what the what like i don't remember like all this going down is that was he
1: being serious? No, no, really... no. He was okay. just getting
0: under his skin, saying, like, you're okay. nothing but an animal. Like, you're not even... You know what I'm saying? Like, you're beneath me. Part like... of
1: me was like... Wait, the mom was supposedly a werewolf, right?
0: No, I think it's just the dad. Because how could okay. there be two? at the same high school unless it's my I thought 3% they each other. My 3% theory. Well, I will spoil a little bit of the sequel there is a teacher at the university who turns out to be a werewolf as well at the very end. <laughs> so you never know.
1: I was like, wait a minute, did that really happen? Like did he really kill his mom?
0: When I was a little kid, I actually <laughs> thought like he was being serious, but now I understand he's just like getting under his skin and being like, look, like look how even as the wolf I can make you like lose control and like I'm better than you and you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't keep your cool and all this kind of stuff. And then Pamela is even like, yeah, like, I'll do you, but that guy's my boyfriend. Like, you know, like, I'm actually going to stick with him. Yeah, so I don't think, uh, you know, Nick actually killed Teen Wolf's mom. You know, <laughs> okay. Cause he would have gonna... been like, maybe like five or six when that happened. I, I think she might have died in childbirth because he's a werewolf. You know, like, I think maybe some complications because of that. Maybe he came out as a werewolf and, like, I don't know what could have happened. But, like, I'm just saying, like, you give birth to a werewolf, you might not survive the process. So,
1: yeah, uh, who knows?
0: Then, like, I was just saying, like, Pamela's like, I'm not going to go to the dance with you. I'm going with him. Obviously, it's like you were just sort of like the flavor of the month for me. And that's when Scott's like,
1: damn it. The one thing I was going to say is, like, I thought they didn't, like, drag this out enough. She right away is like, yeah, I'm not going to go to the dance with you. And I don't know, there was really no drama with Boof or anything. Like, at this point, you're like, of course, you know, he's going to go with Boof.
0: Yeah, there was a nice moment with her where they, um, they walk and talk about how when they were little kids, they ran away from home and no one even noticed and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, like, they definitely belong together. <laughs> like, come on, they've been friends forever. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's the moment to go for it and everything, but that is also when he's at like his lowest right and he's like yeah i don't work as myself i don't work as the wolf like i don't know what people want and then i think it's just like well what do you want scott like do you know what i'm saying like he's always so worried about what other people think which is a very big you know it's not just a high school thing i think that carries on for a lot of people like through adulthood and stuff but it's like yeah you just need to sort of figure out you know if not who you are like who you want to be and and just, yeah, like, stop thinking about what other people want from you and, you know, just what do you want to do? I think that's that's a nice sort of lesson in there. And I know it's weird because it's Teen Wolf, but, I mean, it's in there, you know? And like, all, <laughs> all, all of these, like, little moments are in there, hidden in Teen Wolf, which is why I love it so much.
1: <laughs> no, but, you know, you're so right that, like, a lot in a lot of these 80s films, these teen films, like, as silly as they are, they almost have to teach a lesson. Yeah, (laughs) it's not a bad thing though. It it helps it feel like you know, like it means something.
0: Yeah, and you know, it depends on how they drop it in there, right? Like, like if this was a werewolf movie, it would fall flat. But this is not first and foremost. This is a movie about high school kids going through changes. You know, just happens to turn into a werewolf. Like this isn't Twilight. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This isn't like teenage vampires out in the open, like hanging out at their own lunch table. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, and werewolves on their own sort of, like, reservation and and thing. Like, (laughs) there's no problem with that, but this isn't that. Like, this is not this is almost like what wolf like I don't see you know what I'm saying like that's how I watched this movie it's almost like well I don't you know it's not really that it's more of a metaphor I guess I'm getting at (laughs) otherwise people would be trying to shoot him with silver bullets the whole time
1: yeah or like oh we gotta bring him to a scientist or something and figure out what's wrong with him right like halfway
0: through this movie what would have happened is like uh, like five or six white vans would roll up and a bunch of scientists would like jump out and quarantine the high school and be like get me Scott Howard immediately and then it would be like And I think that is kind of what happens, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the TV show. There's, like, werewolf hunters, and they're going after him, and there's more than one. And, yeah, they take it, like, to that level, I think. (laughs) But this isn't that movie. Like, this is, you know, not—it doesn't care. And I'm happy
1: it's not. Yeah. So I would say there's, like, two other big scenes. The first being the one you said, like, that dance. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) so— Like you said, the synchronized wolf dancing. It's so 80s. It's so lovely. The Mike Piazza boyfriend is there. He goes with Boof, but like as friends, but like they kind of have a sex scene too, right? They kiss. They make out.
0: Um, well, so they make out early on in the closet. Yeah. For like a minute. But then they do go into the hallway because he shows up at the, as the wolf and then she takes him out into the hallway and like calms him down by making out with him. And he turns back into Scott.
1: So they didn't have sex there, you don't think?
0: Oh, I don't I don't think so. I it just seemed to me like they were making out, but I mean Yeah, I don't think I don't think they went all the way. <laughs> I mean I'm saying
1: he's getting he's he's has a pretty nice life in this film, that's all I'm saying. Got <laughs> <laughs> two g- pretty
0: girlfriends essentially. I guess. I mean like he's got hair on every inch of his body at least like twice a month, right? Like I don't know. Well that's another thing too, is like I love how okay, like, the first incident took place on a full moon, but then he can, like, wolf out whenever he wants? I love it.
1: Yeah, it seems like that was just, like, the inciting incident, and he just now can, like you said, if if he gets agitated, he can't help it, but according to him, it's easy to get a little agitated to, like, do it, you know? He's like later versions of the Hulk, almost.
0: Yes, that can, like, control the shift. <laughs> Yeah, I really like, I mean, this high school dance is like, it's not real at all. Like, this is one of the few moments where I feel like, okay, we're we're in Scott's head. This, <laughs> this is not how it really went down at the dance. Like, people did not start synchronizing dancing, like, werewolf dance to the werewolf music. Like, I feel like it's more, <laughs> I feel like it's the end of the movie. Maybe we're just trying to show a little more of, like, his, I don't know, his subconscious bleeding through. I don't know what, but, like, it becomes a very stressful moment for him anyway so maybe they're sort of trying to like build tension that way being like hey everybody like everyone's looking at you we're dancing at you we're, we're, we're singing this song about you like it's all about you Scott and it's like the, c- comes back in and is like nah I'm kind of like over it
2: <laughs> stay
0: away from Pamela she's mine Stick with your own kind, freak. Like that little tramp. Get back here! You're just some kind of animal.
2: Face me up head. Come on, freak. Get back here. Let's go. let go your get back here come on freak i 'm not through with you yet, come back here, freak this isn 't done by a long shot. get back in here, freak
0: I mean, he does a little dance, but like you know when he yeah. come, when he comes back, and Nick has to be like, no one wants you here, freak, and then he like <laughs> then he beats up Nick, and then everyone starts like pointing at him, and like it becomes like Which i really don 't get it becomes like but... Carrie. Right? Where people are, like, shocked (laughs) that a werewolf, like, scratched somebody, let alone, like, not just somebody, but, like, the biggest dick in town who, like, egged him on?
1: He wasn't doing it, like, aimlessly. He didn't just, like, transform and start attacking random people. Like, he was being picked on. I'm not saying, like, that's the right way to go, but it wasn't out of nowhere. They acted like he was, like,
0: I don't know, like. Uncontrollable. Dude, they uncontrollable. acted like he they acted like he pulled out a gun or something, right? Like <laughs> Like seriously. Because even Styles looks at him like too far, Scott. Too far. And Malcolm, I think, is the other friend. Is it Malcolm or, or something? something that, yeah. But like he's got this other friend who's like been avoiding him ever since he wolfed out and is just like scared shitless of him. <laughs> like, I think I would be too to a degree. Like you don't know what else he's capable of.
1: <laughs> and then you know he kind of makes a decision i can't really be the wolf anymore yeah um, it's a mature decision i like it <laughs> i i get it and you know it all leads to kind of the basketball game which he says he's really not going to go to because he stinks but he ends up going um it's the big championship and of course uh mick McAllister is on the other team and they all wanted him to be the wolf, but he's not the wolf. But through teamwork and understanding... And he had to pick up some skills when he was the wolf, right?
0: Yeah, I think and the whole team... Some confidence. ...kind of gleamed a little bit of talent because they're having, like, the game of their life. Like, everything is dropping. Everything they're throwing up is coming down. Like, swish, swish. It's great.
1: Yeah, and... uh You know, there's not much to say about the scene, but except that it's awesome and they win the big (laughs) basketball game.
0: So two things. One, I was very shocked that we don't see the wolf again. Like he kind of he leaves the dance. I agree. Dude, he leaves the dance kind of like sulking. Like the vice principal comes up and he's like, I've got your ass now, mister. And it's like, wait, what? And that's when the dad shows up and, you know, threatens him. He's like, stay away from my son. You know, you son of a bitch. Uh, like we did, I, I I thought for sure we'd get one extra scene. I was even expecting it now, watching the, having watched this movie so many times. I was like, where's the scene where he's talking to his dad in the living room after, and they're you know kind of like rehashing everything that happened, and he's saying to his dad like, man, things really just got out of control there for a while, and then his dad being like, you know, it's Scott like. I'll always accept you. You're my son. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole like kind of reconcile speech and then Scott deciding like, you know what, dad? Like I'm done with the wolf kind of thing. So like I was kind of surprised we don't get one more wolf.
1: I thought honestly, like I don't know why in my mind that he tra- would transform into the wolf on, like, the last play, and that's why they... Oh. Were- <laughs> he got them there, but, yeah. like, he's allowed to do it, like, a little bit, you know? Or something like that. But no, we get it like a Karate Kid ending. Very similar. Yeah,
0: yeah. I uh, Originally, it bothered me because, like, you know, when you're a little kid, like, you don't want to just watch, like... It's like, it turns into Hoosiers, which we're going to get to, you know, sooner than later on your show, I believe. But, like, you know, it just turns into high school basketball game which which now I I appreciate and I love this ending and I love that it shows like yes like Scott finally accepts who he is and he's able to go out there with that confidence and it's sort of infectious with the entire team and and everybody is finally like on the same page again and it doesn't matter if they win because they tried their best right and they did it not the wolf or not like steroids uh-huh. or whatever you want to call it <laughs> you know because that's what the wolf kind of was right he was just like roids he's like roid and then he would become roid rage and things and so it's really nice to see like they're just gonna play this basketball game out for the end of the movie and it's a nice symmetry with the opening with the with the free throws and everything so i love it
1: <laughs> so bill simmons the famous uh you know sports podcaster. He well, he just sold his network for two hundred million dollars to Spotify. I mean, that's another story. But you think the Cage Club podcast network is selling for that price? Um, at least,
0: at least half. I mean,
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, huge basketball guy. He famously loves this film, and he'll often refer back to it in the NBA today. There's something basically called Hero Ball. It's basically like when there's one player on the team who pretty much has to take over and do everything. Oh, like a Lebron
0: kind of thing. Yeah, like Lebron in the past, back in the day,
1: famously has had like pretty bad teams around him, Mm -hmm. so he's had to kind of been like that selfish asshole teen wolf to win. You know, Um, (laughs) that's funny. And then you know, there's there's the teamwork version of him is not when he's not the wolf. (laughs) So I, I just get a kick out of that because. Again, I'd heard him say this on his podcast, and I hadn't really seen the film in a while. Now that I see it, it makes so much sense. Because basketball's a weird sport. It is, it is a team sport, but one player can really yes. change your fortunes yeah. more than any other sport. Right. So. He's yeah. <laughs> a total ringer, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, it reminds me of that Simpson episodes uh, where Mr. Burns has like a softball team. And he has a huge bet with the other power plant, so he... He hires Major League Baseball players so they can be on his <laughs> softball team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the Teen Wolf. And we can call him that. It's not just like, you know, if we were talking about the Little Mermaid, we probably should say Ariel and not the Little Mermaid. Okay, They call him the Teen Wolf in this film. Oh, you know? yeah, so, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like So Sc- we can call him the Teen Wolf. Scott Howard, the Teen Wolf. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Teen Wolf is like their MVP and it is awesome though like to see them playing basketball again as a team and everyone's so much better uh even Chubbs and stuff.
0: And the whole and the whole crowd it gets into it too, you know? Like it almost embiggens the entire team like the entire school. And I know imbigns is not a real word. It's also, <laughs> I just got Simpsons on the brain, but like they really sort of it becomes, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say like he fixes the school or anything by the end but maybe you know like they become just like really well adjusted by the end of this movie like at the beginning there was like three people there and at the end like everyone was there to see the wolf but by the end they were cheering for the whole team
1: yeah it just literally becomes about the team how heartwarming beautiful ending anything else you want to mention about teen wolf any scenes we missed or something
0: um i think we pretty much covered i think we pretty much covered it did pretty good job. I, don't, I can't, can't think of yeah. anything. It's a short remiss.
1: movie. Not much happens, but it's more of a movie you feel, believe it or not, than like you're, you're talking like scene by scene. It has its moments, but you're just kind of along for this kooky werewolf
0: ride. I mean, it truly is like this unique kind of thing. Like, I, I mean, like there's stuff like this from the 50s, right? Like even if you go back and watch The Blob, Steve McQueen's in the blob, right? And he's, like, in his late 20s playing a teenager. But, like, that whole movie is, like, played for laughs. That's almost... Like, it's almost... I could almost see, like, Teen Wolf coming out back then, you know? But, like, just getting lost in the mix because it's just another, you know, Saturday matinee teenage, you know, schlocky horror flick or whatever. But there's something about the 80s and particularly, like, this point in the 80s and with supernatural comedies or whatever you want to call them like they were really hitting hard and special effects were good and filmmaking was good and you know there's a young audience that, that wanted this stuff and um, yeah it was just you know I just it, it hit at the right time again and I'm just so glad that it's there and it, it is a little too bad that the sequel you know it's kind of terrible. But but it's cool that there was a cartoon and you know this this like karate kid came back on YouTube recently. This came back on MTV a couple of years ago. So, who knows if this might not be the end of Teen Wolf.
1: Maybe not, who knows. All right, Mike, got a lot of questions. We got some new questions too Ooh. since the last time you've been on. I don't want you to answer off the cuff, did it? I didn't prep you for these. Okay. So, some might not apply here, some definitely will. We've been giving out three awards lately. Oh. The first is called the, it's either the Woodis, Wooderson Award or the Wooderson-Spicoli Award. I haven't yet decided. But uh, it's a character who you would like to see more of in styles. the films. I mean, Yes. Styles or, is,
0: that's, that's the archetype. <laughs> That you're talking about Like he is the Spicoli of this movie For all intents and purposes Yeah,
1: almost quite literally It doesn't have to be someone like that But you know when you watch a film And you're like Oh, I'd like to see their story Well, I think
0: that's why They brought the character back At least for the sequel If not the same actor Because Styles has Yeah, Styles has a whole life to him Of course I want to see I want to go home with him Instead of Like, that's what's crazy (laughs) Like, you go home And Scott's going to turn into a werewolf I still would rather go home And see what (laughs) Styles is doing at his house
1: Speaking of Spicoli, I just remembered reading this. Apparently, the director thought Michael J. Fox was a little too square and wanted the character to be played more like a Spicoli, which uh, I was thinking, like you said... We already have Styles here. We don't need two guys no. like that, you know. Yeah. And Michael I... J. Fox want, wanted to play it as is, and the studio came by, and they're like, "No, Michael J. Fox, you're right, not the director." And it was like, "Okay."
0: He's already playing it so differently than Alex P. Keaton on um, on Family Ties, you know. So like, this is already different than what people are used to seeing him as. And I'd say, like, this is this is very Marty McFly too like it's just like he just feels very prototypical teenager in this Marty's a little more rock and roll I guess Scott is just yeah I'm not sure Scott knows he doesn't really have his identity yet right like he's still searching
1: they both have a similar insecurity about them yeah which is nice good call Next award, the Long Duck Dong Award, Hmm. and this is an award for a character who you would just rather be deleted from the film, whether it's dated, (laughs) racially inappropriate, or just something that just took away from the film. Anyone here?
0: So, I mean, we mentioned about, like, the vice principal stuff. Like, you can't get rid of Scott's dad, but if you get rid of the vice principal, then you lose the whole bully thread and the dad not sort of like heeding his own advice right it's by no me i don't think anything reaches the level of long talk Dong. no no. but I, i think
1: the principle if you had to put someone in this category in terms of being erased from the film we even said it before before you even knew the support existed so it has to be the principle yeah
0: Vice vice principal, vice principal at that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if like the vice principal just walks into the principal's office one day and Teen Wolf sitting across the desk and the vice, and the principal's like this guy and Teen Wolf's like that guy and he's like you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I think he he'll get the long duck dong award here. Last award the Cameron Fry Award. And famously, hmm. this award is named this because Alan Ruck was 30 years old playing a high schooler in Ferris Bueller. No.
0: then oh my god, then he was like 40 in Speed. Whoa, this is, <laughs> and that means he's in like his 60s now on that HBO show. Holy I guess so. shit, my mind is blown. Have you been watching Secession? He's he's on that show. I'm not caught up, but okay. everyone tells me oh, I hear good things. We'll put it that way.
1: And I've always liked him. Yeah, he's 63 currently. Wow. Um, hmm. <laughs> So who looked way too old to be a high schooler here? Well,
0: the the Mick guy, right? Like Mike Piazza. Like that, <laughs> that guy is definitely, you know, a sophomore in college or something. And like now, it even occurred to me just like at the end when Scott rips his shirt and and I was like, whoa, that actor like has a tattoo on his ribs? like on his, <laughs> Like that's – and it was like 84. I was like he's probably old, like really old. Like I don't think he's a high school kid. The
1: only thing that might save him and I didn't hear this in the entire film, but and maybe it's from like alternate sources, but there is a Teen Wolf like wiki. Of course. And when I when I clicked it, it said that he's a twenty one year older who was in jail and had to go back to
0: high school? No, that's no, right? <laughs> no, because he goes to the military academy, doesn't he? Isn't or that...
1: something like that. I don't that's what it said, and I'm like, oh, I guess that would justify it, but still, come on. No, I mean that even if he world. was
0: like left back a year, like he's still too old, or even if he's like left back two years, I mean but four even his or girlfriend, five.
1: She looks old too. Like this is a pretty older looking Yeah.
0: Podcast. Here's the thing too, is like what grade are they even in like i think it's true it doesn't say like like, we're all seniors yeah like pam pamela could probably pass for a senior right like she she looks pretty mature for her age boof more of like a sophomore junior scott like is he a freshman like i don't know (laughs) (laughs)
1: middle school (laughs)
0: no but like the rest of them feel more like sophomores and juniors whereas like you know pamela definitely feels like a senior or like a freshman in college
1: Yep. Okay, so we'll just nominate Mike Piazza then. Okay. So Mike Piazza it is for the Cameron Fry Award. So I, I was kind of surprised by this, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it got 44% by the critics, 52% by the audience. So mm-hmm. kind of right down the middle. Maybe you either like this movie or you hate this movie. I don't know. But Mike Manzi, A-plus to F scale. What will you rate Teen Wolf? Hmm.
0: <laughs> so... I mean, even if it doesn't deserve it entirely, I'm still giving it to it. Just like Scott, I'm giving – Scott as the wolf, he's getting that A. He's getting an A today. I am giving this movie a straight A. Wow. Um, yeah, because, like, I, I it, it goes beyond, um, like, the movie. Like, it's just, like, I love – I love this movie. Like, I just love watching it. Like, all the reasons I went into, like, I feel like – can take this seriously if you want to and like there's actually some nice you know things going on here there's lessons being learned like there's a lot of metaphors for coming of age and puberty or or what have you or I feel like it's more Prussian today. Maybe that's why the show came back. I don't know. I never watched the show. I don't know what it's about. If they if they changed it, at, like how they changed it or whatever. But like, yeah, man, I think this movie really holds up thematically and all that kind of thing. Like, you could remake Teen Wolf today for sure. Like as a one shot movie. Like you could take this script probably and just do this script again.
1: Maybe you wouldn't use homophobic slurs in one scene, but other oh, of course. Oh, I mean, or you might.
0: <laughs> you know. You know. I don't know. Like that's the thing. It's like. Like, this feels, like, so genuinely – it just feels so genuine, basically, is the way it comes down. Like, I, I don't think, like, you know, any of that stuff is in there necessarily to be derogatory towards one person or another. It's just the way high schoolers talk, right? And that's what this comes down to for me. Like, I'm amazed at how this is so much more of a high school movie first and then, like, a supernatural movie second, Um and like we've, like we've said, like we've seen this without the wolf and it works perfectly. And so like to put the wolf in here and have it still work so well is great. And Michael J. Fox is great. And there's a great supporting cast and uh, it's just a lot of fun. You know, you can just sit there and have fun watching it or you could sit there and like analyze it and be like, wow, like this is, there's, there's something else going on beneath here, beneath the skin. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my A
1: nice you know after talking about a lot of twilight films this year and we'll still be talking about some more it's nice to see a different kind of werewolf you know with a different kind of tone
0: hey you know what i realized you and i have talked
1: a wolf before on this podcast
0: oh uh you're gonna have to jog my memory
1: how about uh,
0: woo, Wolfman Jack? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah,
1: kind of. American Graffiti. He's kind of hidden in there. Yeah. But you're not right, a man.
0: need to talk a little bit about Wolfman.
1: <laughs> no, but um, this movie actually exceeded my expectations on this watch. Not that I ever hated it, but by the end, like I said, I was really along for the ride. Um, I gave it a solid B, which I thought was high. Okay. It's not, clearly. No, it is. But, <laughs> I'm just nuts. That's all. <laughs> But yeah, I would definitely watch this again. I would definitely recommend it. It's not like a cinematic masterpiece, but this movie is just so fun that I can never dismiss it. It's so easy and fun, you know. So yeah, B for Teen Wolf.
0: Nice, love it. Great grades here today. This was this has been this has been one of the most fun times I think I've had on your show, if I, may, if I just may say. Talking Teen Wolf.
1: Wow. I mean, you know. Well, thank you, Michael J. Fox. Then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next time I, I mean, see him, so- I'll let him know. <laughs> please do, please
1: do. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. What's your Teen Wolf sleeping bag looking like?
0: Ah, I mean, hmm, part of me just wants it to have like the big Teen Wolf logo on it, right? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, do you know? Do you remember the name of their high school by any chance? Because this might come into play. Ooh. Because I want to. I was going to say maybe I'll, I'll do like um, their their mascot is the beavers, so maybe yes. I'll do like a beavers sleeping bag or something but I wanted to say like the name of the high school too but I can't remember the name of the high school
1: yeah I can't remember the name of the high That's school okay. either but it is the beavers I know that
0: Um, I don't know I'm a little torn here Um, oh you know what would be kind of fun uh, I don't think that this would be practical or exist uh, on any level, but, like, imagine you have this sleeping bag, and then you zip it up, and it looks like you've turned into a werewolf, you know? So,
1: like <laughs> That'd be kind of cool.
0: <laughs> so, like, it's all big and black and furry, I guess, and it has, like, little paws sticking out and stuff, and where the zipper is can sort of, like, I guess be the mouth or something. I don't know, but if you can picture it, that's, that's what I'm bringing is my werewolf sleeping bag.
1: <laughs> I think I would have one... Similar, but, like, it would just be just yellow with that, like, beavers riding on the front, like, the basketball jersey. <laughs> nice. And the back is that, like, shag hair.
0: Mm, yeah, because that looks comfortable. Like, it, like, I wouldn't mind, like, sleeping on top of, like, wolf fur.
1: Ooh, what are you trying to say?
0: That I want to tame a pet wolf and sleep on top of it every <laughs> night. <laughs> like a Like a mini bed <laughs> I'm all curled up on top of.
1: <laughs> okay, Mike, you've done this question a million times before, but you and I... You know, we're having our slumber party. We walked into a blockbuster. We're renting Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. but I mean, rent two, get one free. What are the other two movies okay. we're renting for our slumber party together?
0: All right, I I actually prepared for it this time. So Ooh, you did
1: your homework. You did your homework. Yeah. I like it.
0: So the first movie is a Michael J. Fox movie. Got to get at least another Michael J. Fox movie in there. And it's a movie that I saw in theaters because I, w- I saw Back to the Future. I saw Teen Wolf. We loved Michael J. Fox. And, like, of course, like, his next movie is going to be funny and family-friendly and everything. So we're going to rent The Secret of My Success. Ooh, I've never seen that one. Oh, baby. I might go watch it after this call because like, it's not that it's a good movie or anything, but I just remember sitting there in the theater as like a little kid and I just, I had no idea what was going on. Like he infiltrates (laughs) the corporate world. Like basically (laughs) Michael J. Fox is from Kansas and he has an uncle who's like, um, I think he's like on wall street. Um, not quite sure but he's like a big businessman and he gives michael j fox like a job in the mailroom at his company and michael j fox like buys a suit and pretends to be an executive like on the top floor and sort of like fakes it until he makes it i don't know there's something like really fun about this movie that i you know i don't know that many people are even aware of it at all but so we're that's pick number one secret of my success
1: awesome you know I would enjoy that so far Slumber Party is fun (laughs) because I've never seen that one
0: okay so pick number two is another werewolf movie and this is a movie I saw for the first time this year uh, last I think late September I saw it it was I caught it on TV and then I had to rent it the next day to watch it in its entirety because I, I had no idea what I had just watched it was so amazing so it's from 1996 It stars uh, Mariel Hemingway, and it's called Hmm. Bad Moon.
1: Bad Moon.
0: Bad Moon. And it's pretty incredible. Like, it's – I think there might be two cuts. There might be, like, a – there's, like, the theatrical cut, I think, is the one I saw, which is, like, 80 minutes. And then there might be, like, an extended cut out there on, like, Shout Factory or something. I'm not sure, but I'm trying to track down the extended cut because, like – It feels like shots are missing. You know, like when we were watching Slumber Party Massacres and you could tell, like, oh, (laughs) this shot is missing. Like, there's moments like that. But this movie is incredible. I had never even heard of it until this year. It's a werewolf movie I had seen for the first time. Uh, Bad Moon, I I highly recommend. There's some insane practical effects. It's just, like, a really bizarro type of werewolf story. And, yeah, we will not... uh, Get to bed, at all that night. <laughs> this slumber party. <laughs> so,
1: should we save that one for the last movie, the slumber party? Yeah, we'll
0: watch know. that last after we're, we're riding <laughs> that high it. of secret of my success. And then we'll put on some <laughs> bad mood.
1: We have two werewolf movies, two Michael J. Fox movies. Perfect. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Um, you know, you'll be on later during this March Madness for another film. But you know, in the meantime. Thank you so much. Anything you want to plug, certainly want to plug third times as you chug along on your final season That's of right. glorious third movies
0: that is correct, so it's the third and final year I don't know season year, whatever uh but this is gonna be yeah the last year of third times a charm uh you know, my Brian, my unofficial co-host will be over there, and I'm sure we're gonna get an extra horror movie or two in before we say goodbye and maybe something else and that is uh every third of the month so like the third of every month is a new episode and then um every once in a while I'll put out like a mid month episode on the 17th it's like a bonus so i'm trying to do more of those this final year i mentioned earlier in this podcast i have the back to the future 3 episode is recorded and i'm editing that so uh that that may i'm i think that's the march 3rd episode so whenever you're listening to this that's when that comes out and then Fridays are for fun as you know obviously but every <laughs> <laughs> every Friday um the co-founder podcast podfather is that what we're calling him the podfather uh Joey and I we are doing a project called the Tom Tom Club where every other week we are reviewing movies of Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise alternating those weekly there's about 30 episodes of each of those out right now i believe I just uh, at the time of this recording, I just handed in the Toy Story Two episode, which turned out really great. Love the love Toy Story Two. Yeah, so so you got to check out Cruz and Hanks every other Friday, and that's the same day as High School Slumber Party. So you know, we got your whole weekend planned for you.
1: Perfect, that's great. I can't wait for you to do Toy Story Three because oh yeah, you're an expert in both fields. It's going
0: to be a big crossover episode between two of my own shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Well, Mike. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure. You know, you're uh, you have so many titles on the show. It's hard to count, but <laughs> thank you for always attending when you need to be.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo!
1: God, what is it like? Okay, so we had Teen Wolf. We had two New Moon episodes. I guess to all the boys. P.S. I still love you. Is not supernatural or wolf themed, but. You know, we had Wolverines in uh, Red Dawn recently. Yeah, uh, it's a thing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Mike Manzi, for stopping by. As always, I'll be thanking you way, way more times again because you'll be on again. So, you know, big shout out to him. And yeah, I mean, he's an integral part of the show, that's for sure. So your home for next week might be the most opposite basketball film Yeah, like the most opposite basketball film to Teen Wolf. But we're still holding that ball. We didn't take that ball and go home. We're still dribbling down the court. We're still, you know, spacing out the floor, maybe shooting a three or driving down the lane. And most importantly, we're talking a documentary, the first documentary on High School Slumber Party. And that's Hoop Dreams.
0: with a game, with a basket and a ball. It becomes a journey of heartbreak and hope. From city streets to the brink of fame.
2: Isaiah Thomas.
1: The amazing story of two boys and two families struggling against the odds. My mother, God bless her, she's always sending to me, this America, you can make something of your life against the system
0: you have to realize you can make their team win to make a dream come true all i ever dreamed about was playing in the nba people ask me will i remember them if i make it i tell them will you remember me if i don't Hoop Dreams,
1: an extraordinary true story, a unique motion picture experience. That trailer, especially like audio-wise, does not do this film any justice. It makes it sound like a comedy almost, because I think that like, That trailer voice has been parodied so much. Oh, my God. Anyway, no, it's a serious movie. It's a long movie. But it's one of the greatest documentaries of all time. Not just basketball documentaries. Not just sports documentaries. One of the greatest documentaries of all time. Definitely, definitely do your homework and watch Hoop Dreams and get ready for next week's episode. My guest is Kirkland Shepard. He was on our Varsity Blues episode. He has a lot of awesome insight. And, you know, I can't wait for you guys to hear it, and I can't wait to continue this March Madness. I guess I'm, you know, passing it along to Kirk here. Well, oh God, i got to get better with these basketball puns. <laughs> anyway, you know the drill, guys. You know where to follow us. Class participation is a major part of your grade. So give me a comment. I've been loving your comments, but give me a comment on Facebook. Give me a comment on Instagram. Give me a comment on Twitter. Maybe next week I'll read some comments if I remember. If I do my own homework, I don't have to. I run this show, but I really should. (sighs) Uh, It's getting time for bed. It's getting time to curl up in those sleeping bags and, you know, fall asleep so we can wake up tomorrow morning and have some homemade pancakes. I'll leave you with the theme to the animated Teen Wolf Show. Oh, man, this is a good one.
2: Later, dudes. Beware, Scott, when the moon is over. Oh, no, not again. It's a hairy situation. Shroom, I'll die if anyone sees me like this. Hey, Amen. <sighs> Hi,
1: Grandpa. Good morning, Scotty. It's
2: fun being different if you have a healthy
1: attitude. Only my friends, and Styles, know my hairy secret.